This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez, and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala, and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, and I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. Yeah, just like fuck off the mic for a second. <laughs> You're a little too close. Yeah. Okay, and go. All right. Well, we're here. Episode twenty. Yeah, it's like um. It's a little no milestone. Yeah. A little, but you gotta you gotta do you gotta celebrate the little victories. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you wouldn't call it a victory. I wouldn't call it a victory. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even feel like a victory. It felt like a like the opposite of a victory. <laughs> And like, hey, dude, we gotta do this tonight. <laughs> like, Fudge. Well, this time for this episode, this is a very special episode. I had the honor to sit down and speak with um, the historic preservation director for the Meskwaki tribe. Nice. Um, his name is Jonathan Buffalo, and just what you would expect. When you speak with a, a Native American elder, I never have before. As always, I was nervous. We drove to, so I took the kids. Laura went with me. We drove, and um, um, you know, you see the Meskwaki Casino. Like that's what everybody, right? You think Meskwaki, you think yeah. Meskwaki Casino, right? Uh, and then um, you go up a road, and it says, you know, welcome to Meskwaki mm-hmm. Nation. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a little bit of jitter start to kind of come in. And then you start driving some some roads, country roads. And uh, we finally land uh, or we get there. And um, they have a small museum that's about, um, I think, a little bit over a thousand square foot. Very beautiful. A lot of uh, um, archaeology and a lot of history. Uh, and yeah, and that's where... Um, Mr. Buffalo, I sat down with Mr. Buffalo. So you did the interview over there? Yeah. We drove to Tama. Uh-huh. And uh, we... That was today? Today. Wow. Yeah. Um, Is this the first time we, we do an episode? The same day? Like the week, like do the whole thing in the same day. This would be, yeah. This that would be is wild. See, that is a victory. That's a victory. Kind of. No, that Still is awesome. kind of. <laughs> This is a very enlightening conversation. It's just what you would expect when you speak with somebody from a Native American. So how did Native. you how did you uh, get get with him? You know, how did you ask him? Hey, you know, when I ask you uh, a few questions for so you know, the best podcast. So the idea popped up. You know, Thanksgiving is around the corner, a couple of days, and not that I'm against Thanksgiving, but you know, I oh, fuck Thanksgiving, but fuck Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I wanted, I want to, I want to also, um, you know, I don't want to just be blindly celebrating something that I know that has some 
some uh, baggage with it, you know, like genocide and murder mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. So, so my f- the thought was like, you know, why not talk to somebody um, that is uh, on the other side or that has it that plays a role in that history. Yeah, that he knows. Yeah, you know, and he has he has probably a different perspective. Totally. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because so, yeah. Just like they say, you know, the victor always tells the, you know, history, writes history. That, right. You know, whoever wins, I don't know. I don't know how it goes, but. It goes, some, again, it goes a little again, something like, like that. This, is, this could be one of those other episodes where we don't know where shit. We don't know but, anything. like, I just heard somewhere. Right. And it is true, but there's always another perspective that people don't ever think about, you know, but. Uh, but we should. Yeah, we should. We should. You know, I, I'm not saying that we should not celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. Because it's like a day off. Right. So, like, <laughs> you have to, you know, like, and I'm not saying also to not honor, you know, people's sacrifice. Right. You know, or like, you know, not ever like remember, you know, where we are now because of what, you know, all that stuff. I think. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing. The full story. Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. No, the I, full story. I like Both it. sides. Yeah, I, dig it. I dig it big time. So, yeah, I called the Iowa Department of Human Rights and this lady named Jill Fulitano Avery. She was kind enough to. So I told her what my idea was that I, that I wanted to speak with someone. And she, um, you know, connected me with. Uh, with this gentleman, Jonathan Buffalo. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's really it's it's i mean it's an awesome conversation that i think i'm really proud of so um i hope people find it the same way let's get right into it well just like uh you know what i am excited about my my dog mm. uh, there's a new member in my family mm-hmm. and i love it just because of his name his name is perfect <laughs> Which is what? It's Luis Miguel. Luis Miguel. Yeah, Luis Miguel. And, um, yeah. I uh, think a little backstory for people. Kenji has a man crush on Luis Miguel. Let's hit the record. Oh. Like, just in, for the, uh, in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, yeah. Amner used to, like, daydream about Luis Miguel <laughs> back in high school. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I I recall conversations where we're just saying, dude, what if Luis Miguel ever said on an interview, yeah, you know what, I want to give a shout out to my friends, Amner and Kenji yeah. in Iowa. <laughs> <They're> like, dude, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, yeah, we would be the coolest. <laughs> we would be the coolest. <laughs> just tell, just say our name yeah, once. Yeah, just say our name, even if you don't know us. Just give us a shout out. Yeah, like for a second. So Google Luis Miguel. He's like a international. He, yeah, he's like the singer, best singer crooner. Yeah, he's like a crooner. Uh, very. He's a great singer. If you he's don't like, know him, he's like the Frank just, Sinatra of our. Right, right. Some people say the Elvis, but I think he's better. Yeah, I say Frank Sinatra. The Frank Sinatra. Uh, so Luis, you named your little. Yeah, he's a little toy pu- dog. Pushon, pushon. Yeah. It's a half uh, poodle, half Pichon Frise. And uh, yeah, uh, my my uh, my lady, she loves it. My old lady. My old lady. <laughs> my hyena. <laughs> my ruka homes. Yeah, like uh, she she loves it. Yeah. So, 
let's hear about your dog. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm excited about the four uh, day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just I don't like long weekends. Why? Because they make me lazy. Yeah, that's why. Well, what, and then Monday that? is really hard to get up, and then everybody blames it on Monday because poor Monday. But it's the whole weekend that gets you tired and drained, and so I guess well, I'm I mean, looking they, forward they sh- to they it. Should, they should get rid of Monday then. Mm. <laughs> and then what? Monday. So Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> they should just get rid of work. Yeah. That would be. I think that's <laughs> like, the like, problem. Yeah, like get rid of work. <laughs> okay, so. I want to thank again um, Jill Avery from the uh, Iowa Department of Human Rights for the connection. And I want to do a special thanks to Jonathan Buffalo for sitting down and enlightening me. And hopefully whoever listens to this enlighten as well. Um, we talked of a range, wide range of, of topics. Uh, actually, I think it's very educational. So, l- have your kids listen to this. Kept the, it's beautiful. I, it's an awesome conversation. So, hopefully, everybody likes so it. So, don't just skip the <coughs> intro, and then show them just the interview. Yeah, skip, skip our, skip uh, our stupidity. <laughs> stupidity. Which is the intro our and the prof- outro. Profanities. And, yes, and but it is, it is a, excellent conversation that I think. Even kids can get a lot of information out of this. And just so everybody knows, it's not even like there's no bashing of Thanksgiving or anything. It's just a conversation about it. And it was, and it's like it, the Thanksgiving part is like three minutes of the whole conversation. So we just went along with the whole, you know, perspective of, of his tribe, the Meskwaki tribe and um, history. And I mean, it's just amazing, man. So... Episode 20, hopefully you guys listen to it, listen to it in full, show it to your kids, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, listen to it. They can uh, uh, do a review too. People can do a review of the podcast. Where? On Apple Podcasts, they can review, give it one star, two stars, three stars, four stars. Oh, nice. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give us a give us a review uh, and your opinions. Yeah, let us know. We want to know. I mean, I feel like nobody's listening to this. Yeah, I think pe- no people are listening to it. They are. Yeah, I run to people all the time. Yeah, like literally, like all the time. Every time I'm out, they're like, "You're doing a podcast." Oh, really? Yeah, dude. People you don't know. People I don't know. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> like you're the guy. Like. Yeah, I it like in the what? last two weeks, it's been like two or three people. What? Yeah, it's I pretty have cool. That one guy, that one guy, you know, that I told you about. He's like, yeah, I listen all the time. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind Crazy. of, it's kind of fun. Um, but I figure he probably knows you. It's a good feeling and it's fun. Yeah, people are listening to it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll be working on getting this finally on on Spotify, Spotify because I signed up for Spotify Premium. Oh, okay. And so why I not? I kind of care that it's there. Yeah. Or, or if it's not. Yeah. I didn't care before. But now that I'm paying for it. Now you care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's free, nobody cares. Yeah, like I yeah, I didn't give a shit. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. So here we go. Episode twenty. Mr. Jonathan Buffalo, the historic preservation director of the Meskwaki tribe. Enjoy. 
Jonathan Buffalo. Jonathan, Jonathan Buffalo. Um, well, thank you for sitting with me. I guess I'm uh, the first question that pops into my mind is um, um, Iowa. So I'm in. I'm a. I'm in. I moved to Iowa in '95, but can you tell me a little bit about the the Iowa name and what tribes uh, were here or are here? Um, I guess a little education. I'm I'm not very familiar with it. Well, Iowa. There's different versions of why Iowa is named Iowa. Mm -hmm. The first one is that it's named after the Iowa tribe. But our version is um, when we were escaping the French, we came into what would become Iowa. And we came in through Clinton. And the lead, the lead canoe went into the Wapasinikin River. And they yelled out, Are you hey? Over here. You know. So, okay. So that's how we got to name it Iowa. <laughs> so it depends on which version you prefer. One thing you got to remember is Iowa. When you're driving through Iowa. Mm-hmm. It didn't look that way. The nice rolling hills, the Grant Wood paintings, you know, the nice cornfields and farmhouses. Iowa is not in its natural state. Iowa is the most transformed landform in the country because of tiling. Iowa used to be full of marsh, wetlands, mm-hmm. and prairie I see so it's been transformed to what it is now agricultural mm-hmm. um, the capital of agriculture I guess people call it yes. through tiling so you got to remember that there's prehistoric Indians that lived here like the Iowa tribe some Siouan tribes Otoes, Missouri you know around that around western Iowa. The Meskwakis, on the other hand, were, were the last native tribe to call this home. I see. And we're still here. But we're the last. We admit we're the last. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about archaeology, we're very young archaeologically in Iowa. But of all the tribes that used to live in Iowa, we're still making archaeology. But we get older as we go eastward into Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, New York, Connecticut, Canada. We get older. And if we go past Michigan, we get lost in archaeological terms. Okay. There's no separate identity. We get lost in archaeological terminology. Right, because it... I just read that um, it's is it the origins in and where now is Quebec. North of Co- Quebec, along the Saint Lawrence River, is our birthplace. We say, everybody in the world, we have our own creation story. We don't live in the biblical creation story. Right. You know we're we're out of that timeline. Right. We have to exist in that timeline because the dominant culture is Christianity. 
Mm-hmm. So they follow that biblical timeline. But our timeline goes, if you go back far enough, we go past, because Christianity is only, their timeline is only 5,000 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're beyond 5,000 years old. Right. So we're older culture. And we follow that, we follow our own timeline from our creation to present day. We don't use the biblical timeline of Adam and Eve and Mm -hmm. Moses and all those people. We don't use that timeline. We exist in it from necessity because that's what our neighbors believe in. But that doesn't mean we believe in it or live live in it. So the Native Americans have been not included in 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 historical and at least in religion. Is that what you're saying? Well, when when Columbus came here, they they found new people, and. Uh, they looked through the Bible. They couldn't find a reference to us. Mm-hmm. And that's been the problem, is that they don't know where we're from. First, they say we're lost, we're lost Jews, you know. Oh, okay. We're lost Romans, we're lost Egyptians, you know. We're lost something. So every, every new archaeological find dates us older and older and older on this continent because before like I said biblical time is only 5,000 years old Mm -hmm. so we were 5,000 years old somewhat then they would guess a year you know at each fine but now we're getting older and older but with us in our in our memory we remember the last ice age oh about 15,000 years ago you know but we knew of an existence before that. So it is way older than... Indian people on this continent are the oldest living people. We remember Macedons, saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that. You know, so we're, we're pretty old. And everything changed when explorers came. And it's and it started with Columbus, you know, he's looking for India. Mm-hmm. But that brought in the the British, the French. What happened, you know, what between Columbus and what we what we're gonna celebrate in a couple of days, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, is before that happened, it's roughly about a hundred years. And within those hundred years something happened. Their disease wiped out 98% of the human population in North and South America. They, so many Indians died that it caused the little ice age. Because when those millions of Indians died, trees grew. And it caused a little ice age. And what happened is it's called a near human extinction event. You know, we, we read it. We read about it in books. We watch movies, you know, of of that event. We actually lived through it. 
as if it we see it in books, books as if it's uh, fiction, yeah, it's but science fiction. But actually, we lived through that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Black Death was nothing in Europe. Mm-hmm. But what we experienced as Indians is that near human extinction event, and what was lost is the promise our promise of what we could have been if we were left alone, what societies, what inventions we could have made, how we could have developed, you know. Right, right. That's what we missed. That's what we lost. So, and since then, since Columbus, the world has seemed to think this is a open world you know people come from all over the con- all over the world mm-hmm. and they want a new life they come here even right now as we're speaking there's somebody coming from either africa europe asia latin america latin americans are at home right that's one difference right latin americans and people from other countries Latin Americans are home. Mm-hmm. They're not come. They're not from Europe, right? But these other people are from other places, and they come and say, "A new life," you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. But not Latin Americans, they're home. They're just My- migrating north or south. Yeah, you know, we've we've done that for thousands of years. And sorry to interrupt, but this is a bit of a confirmation that I've been feeling lately. Uh, You know, here, um, I'm an immigrant, and, you know, some family members are called illegal immigrants. um, But, you know, I I have Mayan blood, and I've always felt like, I mean... I'm more I'm I feel like I'm more native than anybody else here, you know, that's uh of European descent. Um and I've always felt like that I'm like I I've you know the people that I come from have been here longer than than anyone else that that yeah, um came from Europe. So what you just said it kind of resonates with me a little bit because I've I've felt that way for a long time. It just um you know, it's hard to say it because you feel like you're in a different country and all these laws make you feel and all this terminology that they use make you feel that way. Us native people, we've been here a long, long time. And what sup- what's superimposed on us are, are these countries. United States, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, you know, and all down to the tip of the South America. Mm-hmm. You know, those are European-based countries. Right. You know, over here in America, it's English-based. You know, in south of, south of the border, it's Spanish-based. Right, Spanish. Or some Portuguese. Right. You know, but still they're imposed countries. Mm-hmm. Because we had our own countries. And when things are all right, we don't need to 
migrate. Us Meskwakis, we're still in our, in our bio, bio region of Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, and on to the East Coast and Canada. That's our bio region. Okay. That's, we've lived there for thousands of years. So, and we have never lived outside our bioregion. We've just moved into Iowa, which is right at the edge of our, our area. If we cross the Missouri River, we're out of our environment. Oh, okay. And if we move to Arizona, we're totally out of our environment. We're not desert Indians. If I went to Arizona and lived, I would be totally, I could live there as a modern person. Right. You know, but if I was going to live there in a traditional way, I would have a hard time because I don't understand that environment. The land or the habitat, the temperature. If I went to Guatemala, I would be in my, out of my debt. I would not know how to live in that environment, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not of that area, mm -hmm. you know, of jungle. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of jungle. I don't know how to live it. I wouldn't know what's dangerous. Right. Either insects, reptiles, or animals. I wouldn't know what, what is dangerous. Mm -hmm. But in Iowa... In our region, we've lived there. We know how to live in it. We know when we go outside. When I go outside, I see my gods, and I and I know my gods love me. When I look outside, and I know how to live in this environment of winter, spring, summer, and fall. You know, we all have those four seasons. Right. Because Iowa can get really arctic. I mean, it can get real cold. Right. But we knew how to live in it. We knew how to survive in it. You know, so... And as Indian people, we all have, have our bioregions mm -hmm. where we feel safe and we feel loved. It's the politics that sometimes ruins it. You know, earlier you said that that you know Canada, America, Mexico, all the countries those are European based, and you said that that you have your own country. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, it's not a political country. It's a cultural country. Thankfully, we have the settlement. You know where we we feel politically safe okay. but when we go outside we have to obey the laws of the land you know there's because I live in a country I live in the United States and as long as it lasts I have to live in it and I obey the laws but that's the reality that's the reality but in a thousand years is it going to exist you know I see and we're We're, we're such an ancient people here. We've seen, we've seen climate change over and over. 
we've seen at one time in our life the French flag meant death. Mm-hmm. It meant death. It meant war. Mm-hmm. When you saw that French flag, you either ran or fought. You know, that's how powerful that flag was. Mm-hmm. It meant life or death. And now that flag doesn't even exist. Right. And some people, it's just, it was the Spanish flag. Some people, it's the British flag. So as Indian people, we've seen a lot of change. And a lot of people come and go, you know. The French were here, yeah. But they left, but part of their segment is still here. Mm-hmm. The French, the, we used to have dealings with the Spanish, in St. Louis, but they're gone. We look beyond time, so we'll see what happens in the future. But as, but in the future, I, I know we will be here, no matter what comes. You know what happens. It's we'll still be here, and Indians are like that stone. We see things go go by. It perseveres through anything. Mm-hmm. Because we, we've always been here and we always will be here. Politics, governments come and go. Right now, we, United States is here, but in a thousand years, will it be, you know? So present day, you've had to fight for settlements. Is you So right now, where... What do you call the the Meskwaki Nation? How big is it? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, if we were if we were animals or birds, we would be in the endangered species list. Hmm. That's how much how many Meskwakis they are. There's only about fifteen hundred of us. We're not that big, mm-hmm. you know, but we still exist. Our memory, to us, our creation is just yesterday. That's how close our creation is. is It's just yesterday we were created. And tomorrow is maybe 100, 200 years, 1,000 years from now, you know. There will be some squawkies telling their children, we, you know, our people used to live in a place called Iowa, you know. <laughs> right. You know, they might be someplace else, you know. <laughs> right, right. You know, you never know. <laughs> so, and this is a question that you probably get a lot during this time, but Thanksgiving to Native Americans, what, is, what does that mean to them? I can't answer for every Indian in the country. But for us, it's uh, it means nothing. There's no hatred. There's no love. We don't hate it and we don't love it because hate and love are emotions. Mm-hmm. And there's no emotion. Okay. There's, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. There's no emotion to it. Mm-hmm. We don't dread it. We don't. But in... It's an excuse for for families to gather and cook. Right. 
just like the whole country, and to watch football. Mm. You know, that's what we use it for. But as a celebration, you know, we we don't celebrate the celebration. Why should we? But we use it to cook and to, for families to gather. You know, that's we so you t- you turn it into a positive uh, kind of day. Do you speak against it or you don't speak for it? You just like... Like I said, we don't hate it. We don't think anything of it. There's no emotion to it. Love and hate are emotions. Mm-hmm. And we don't hate it and we don't celebrate it. There's no emotion. It's just a day that since we're off work, since everybody else is doing it, so we're, we, we gather too. And, but in my family, in my own personal family, my son's birthday is the next day. Okay. So and since the birth of my son, he's going to be 39. So I'm talking about almost 40 years. <laughs> yeah. In my family, since then, we cook the next day. My my mom used to cook the next day for for his birthday. So we didn't cook during Thanksgiving day. We cooked the next day. So we've, that's what we've been doing the last 40 years in my, my own family. I see. You know, so it's not that we're against Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but if we're going to cook, we'd rather cook for my son's birthday than... I see. You know. I see. But it's the same food. <laughs> you know, turkey and... But it was the same food, but we just have it and celebrate my son's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I think, and most Indians, I think, are like that, I hope. So when you hear Navajo Nation or Meskwaki Nation, um, when physically when people enter that territory, that, that, that territory belongs to that tribe. Is that, is that right? Yeah, and uh, the tribes in the, in the United States since we made treaties with the United States, mm-hmm. it gives us treaty rights. We have what's called sovereignty. And sovereignty is like a, that line. Mm-hmm. That line always exists. Unless the United States disappears, that line will, will exist as long as the United States is alive. I see. If it changes, that line disappears. And as long as we exist on this side as Indian people, it exists. So there's the United States and us, and that line between us. And that's our sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Indian tribes have internal and external rights. Mm -hmm. Internal rights is what goes on inside our boundary. Mm-hmm. how we determine our laws. External rights is we can't make war on another country. We can't make money. Print our own. We can't make Meskwaki money. Okay. Things like that. We can't act like that as a nation mm-hmm. because we gave that up to the United States. That's one of the treaty 
that's Exchanges. external rights. We we promise to use United States currency. Oh, I see. We promise to use certain things. We can't make an army because the army is supposed to protect us. Sure. Because that's what the government said. If you don't make an army, my army will protect you. Mm-hmm. So under treaty rights, if something happened, the army would have to come and protect us. Mm-hmm. In theory. I don't know if they would because they'd be too busy. <laughs> you know. But but according to the treaty, that's part of the it. Treaty. But once, if they... If they didn't, if they couldn't do that, then we could make an, our own army mm-hmm. to protect us. But as long as the United States exists, we can't do that. So, what we have are internal rights, mm-hmm. and that do you see that line? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it moves. It moves in. It moves out, and that's Congress determining what our internal rights are. I see, and that that was gonna be my sec my next question. Are there some treaties that are that have been violated? I think most of them, in some way, are not. Sometimes Congress takes takes away our rights, mm-hmm. and sometimes it give, they give us more rights to act like a country in our own boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, but they can't break that line. Congress can't break that line it always exists forever as long as we both exist as two entities that made treaties right and it will it can they may they may break the promises but they can't break the treaty i see no treaty has ever been broken mm-hmm. it the promises have been broken but they still exist. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about that? The, the promises being broken and the the treaties being—I mean, they haven't been respected fully, have they? Not, not fully, but we have to do the best we can with what we got. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and there's forms for that. Tribal governments are, are always fighting for our treaty rights, you know, our our own tribal governments. Mm-hmm. Then there's national organizations that fight for that, you know. Okay. So there's a lot of people that are involved in it. Okay. You know, either either tribal governments or national organizations, individuals, you know. There's a lot of people that are in that fight. And it's constant. It has to. You have to keep reminding the government of their promise. Mm. You have to keep repeating it, repeating it. You can't let them forget. Right. You know. Because they want to forget. <laughs> right. They want to forget. Do states also have to be? They have to also abide by the by the treaties. Federally, they do. I don't know that much in detail about Indian law myself. Okay. Because that's Indian law. I see. There's lawyers that study that in detail (laughs) of that 
of that argument. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly tribes that, mostly states that have Indian tribes, you know, because there's three there's three governments involved: tribal, federal, and state. Mm-hmm. You know, and state sometimes doesn't want to do because they're not a federal government. They're mm-hmm. a state government, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a lot of nuances to that right. whole relationship of tribes, states, and federal. So you say that um, Native Americans, Meskwakis, that you think in the future, 100 years from now, in your memory is, feels like it was yesterday. As far as the present... You said that you're, if you were birds, you would be considered endangered, endangered, an endangered species. I'm sorry, you would be considered an endangered species. What do you think? Not only uh, the government can do, but the Meskwaki people can do to not be in that situation anymore. Not to have been invaded, <laughs> right? I I guess is the basic answer. Yeah, <laughs> not to be invaded. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> Because reality is, we did. You know, and we do the best we can as a people to be a to be to be a people. Is that what? All Native Americans and natives, period, are looking for just to survive. Just to survive, I think just to survive as a people. Tribes have used different ways to survive. Individual Indians have chosen ways to survive. Some tribes said, "Okay, we have to convert to Christianity." I see. You know to survive. And they do, you know. So we've tried different ways. You know, our way of survival was to come back to Iowa, buy land, and be landowners. We took that idea of a deed and used it to our advantage, you know. So so the Meskwaki people own the land that we're on right now? We own the land Reservations. A reservation is when the Western movement was coming west. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the original 13 states. Mm-hmm. Then as they moved west, they met Indians. And then they had treaties with Indians. Like, say... Um, I come into the room and I say, I want to buy your room. Right. You know. And you say, well, I'll sell you this corner. Mm-hmm. You know. Then I say, okay, we buy this corner. Then a couple more years, the room fills up in this corner and people want to move across the room. Mm-hmm. Then th- you say, no, 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 you, this is the boundary. But, people are pushing each other on the on your side that you just decide oh I still got half of the room mm-hmm. so I'll sell you this ha- the other quarter 
and we buy it. People go in there. Eventually, I have the whole room. I see. Then I tell you, you got to go up that door and go live out there mm -hmm. <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that's what happened. So once, once the government made the treaty, it became a territory. Mm -hmm. And if a tribe stayed in the room, they moved an army, and an army fort for the Indians. Not to protect the white people from the Indians, but to protect the Indians from the white people, mm. our settlers, you know, immigrants. <laughs> right. Immigrants of the day. Right. And uh, so, and the territories formed, territorial governor, then the territory votes to become a state. And it becomes a state, and that Indian, Indian, where the Indians lived with the fort, mm -hmm. that became an Indian reservation. I see. So that never became, that never became public domain. The rest of the state became public domain. The government could sell it to the immigrants, mm -hmm. but that little area is a black hole in the state. I see. It never became public land. It, it was federal land. But the rest of it was sold, you know, by deeds. So what happened in Iowa is we all removed out of the state, out of the territory. It became a state. We come back and we buy land from the government. We we. We have the deed that is enforced by federal government that says, yes, these Indians own this land. That's what a deed is. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the government saying, yes, you own that land because you have the deed. Nobody can't come in and chase you off mm -hmm. because you have the deed. I'll enforce this. That's what a deed is. And, and that's, what the res that's what a reservation That's what a settlement is. A reservation is federal land that was reserved uh, for that tribe. I get it now. I see. So a settlement is one thing. A reservation is another. A reservation is that where the Indians lived when it became a territory. Mm -hmm. okay. And when it became a state, it was still federal territory because there was a fort protecting the Indians. Is there a uh, reservation nearby or here? Not in Iowa. We're the only There's settlements Indian. here. Yeah, we're the only Indian tribe in Iowa. I see. An organized Indian tribe. We're the only resident Indian tribe in Iowa. So. Interesting. It's a lot of things that are not taught to you in public education? No, they, sh they should do a better job, I think, but I'm not ahead of the <laughs> education system in Iowa. <laughs> right. But it's, but so that's what, so when we say settlement, that means we own every acre by deed. 
we, we purchased all our land that comprises our settlement, you know. But originally, in 1857, because Indians couldn't own land, it was held in trust from the governor. And when the government finally accepted our residence in Iowa, those deeds got transferred to the federal government. So we're not a reservation per se, mm -hmm. because we didn't begin as a regular reservation. But we do have, our lands are considered Indian country. I see. Our lands are put in trust within the reservation system of the federal government's inventory of federal Indian land. Um, even though technically we're not an Indian reservation, reservation. but we're within that inventory our lands are within that inventory of federal Indian land. So just for simple terms, for somebody that, um, like me, that doesn't understand much, but so like a Iowa Patrol pers uh, police officer or local police officer cannot enter into the Meskwaki uh, territory? They're not supposed to, unless invited by our, our own police department. So you have your own police department. Yeah. And we have our own tribal court, which is over here. Oh. Just, if you look out the window, that sure. building, <laughs> that's the tribal court. The police department is uphill. You know. They cannot go, they know the lines. Yeah. And we've had those about 10 years, maybe, our own police So if you get stopped from one of you guys, from one of them guys, you have mm. to come to this building. <laughs> I see. So drive, follow the speed limit. Follow the speed limit. You know. You're gonna I'll end up coming here to the... <laughs> and trying to explain to a judge why you speeded. <laughs> I feel like I would feel a lot safer coming to one of these courtrooms, though. <laughs> so I see a lot of names um, that are uh, Native American. Like, is Tama a name? Tama. What other names are is there in this region that you would say that's a uh, um, Native American Indian name? Well, Iowa is real good of having Indian names. There are towns, counties, lakes, rivers have a lot of Indian names in Iowa. Wapsinikin. Mm -hmm. Makokara, Wapalo, Wakan, you know, which is Suan, not Algonquin, but there's a lot of Indian names, Indian words that are used for all those things, cities, towns, lakes, rivers, parks, you know. Iowa is real good at it. Are you glad that, that they kept Iowa. those names? Iowa is real good in that and uh because it keeps us alive some tri some states the tribes got totally erased from history hmm. from place names they totally scrubbed the tribe clean 
something. Wow. But Iowa kept a lot of it. They say if you know 20 words of a language, you know the language. If I knew 20 Mayan words, mm-hmm. I could probably communicate real simple, mm-hmm. you know, water. Yeah. Bathroom, you know. Excuse me, where's the bathroom? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. Food, you know. But if you, they say if you know 20 words, you know the language. And most Iowans, without realizing it, already know 20 words. Right. You know. And just listen to any newscaster, especially a weather person. Just listen to a weather, typical Iowan weather news, weather person. When they're talking about, and the storm is coming to... You know, Atamwa, you know, Atamwa is the Indian word, mm-hmm. you know, and Sak, Makokara, Tema. Tema. You know, there's a lot of Indian words in Iowa, mm-hmm. which is real good, I think, you know, that we still, our words are still being spoken in the state by these people that they probably don't even know what it means. Mm-hmm. It's just a town to them. You know, when they say Makokada, they just, it's just a word for them. Right. But they're actually saying, this bare place. That's what that means? Uh, bare place, you know. Because there used to be a lot of bears in that area we used to hunt. So. Oh. We named the river Makokara. I brought my kids with me just so they can look at. I knew that the that there was a museum that you have here. Um, tell us briefly about the museum. Well, the museum. I'm the historic preservation director. Mm-hmm. I exist in two forms. The first, the first way I exist is as a department. A tribal agency, just like the state archaeologist, you know, I'm that level. Mm-hmm. I deal with federal law, repatriation, and in that sense, I I only deal with federal and state governments, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. Before we opened the museum, I hardly dealt with the public, either tribal public or outside public. Mm-hmm. I never dealt with the public. I dealt with agencies, mm-hmm. you know, army corps, things like that. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, the department is gathering up artifacts. You know, we're collecting artifacts, mm-hmm. art artifacts. Sure. And we, and, and we did that by purchase, donation, our repatriation. And we accepted only our artifacts, our tribal artifacts. If somebody came to donate a Picasso, I would have to kindly decline <laughs> with a tear. <laughs> no. With a tear. <laughs> <laughs> because I would be thinking, oh, sh- a Picasso. My department could be rich, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, we don't. So, we only collect our own stuff, you know. Right. Anyway, so in 2010, this building 
started out as a daycare center. Then it became a primary school. Then it became part of the health department. Heart de health department had offices in these rooms. Mm -hmm. Then they left, and it became vacant. And it became somewhat of a storage room. That big room mm -hmm. was full of old technology. Okay. You know, old older copiers, you know, sure. from the 80s, you sure. know, stuff like that. It was full of old technology, old computers. And I s told my government I wanted the building, you know. And they thought about it. They said, okay, finally I got it. Then I made a, we made a small museum. Mm -hmm. So that was the second part of our job is we have become more public. We've always wanted a bigger museum, but mm -hmm. this is what we can do now. Mm -hmm. And everything is squashed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Information is like tight. And it, and it wants to burst open because every Indian tribe's history is complicated. Your people's history is complicated. Mm -hmm. You could probably tell it's simple. Right. You know, but it's very complicated. Just like with Muskwaki history is very complicated. And it's it's trying to tell that in that little room. Right. You know, that compactness. Like each one would, would become a big sec section in a bigger museum. Mm -hmm. Our foods mm -hmm. you know, could become a a bigger thing, but now it's just a case squeezed in the information is squeezed into that. And and there's museums that have more artifacts than us. More older artifacts than us. But this is the only place where you can learn about Meskwakis. Oh, they may have the artifacts, but they don't tell about us. They mostly tell about the collector. I see. The collector is important and not the people. Mm. And that's any museum. I see. Chicago, New York, Washington, Wyoming, you know, any museum, they deal with the collector. This is the Meskwaki people museum it tells about the people yeah this is the only place where you can learn about Meskwakis and if you go to a bigger museum you're going to see our artifacts but you won't see us mm -hmm. in the hallways of those buildings oh, you won't see us you'll see our stuff right but you won't find us in there and that could be the most prestigious museum in the world Right. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong or are bad. That's just how they exist. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the only place where you can learn about us, told by us. You know. Is there um like a uh, internet website or anything, any Facebook pages or well, anything like that? Well, the museum has the face Facebook page. Okay. You know. I think it's called Squawky Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, you know. 
but you can also find us in the, in the tribal website, the tribal government website. Okay. You know, when you look for us, you got to Google us in different spellings of our name, oh. how you spell Meskwaki. Okay. Because there's a modern spelling, an older spelling, and even older spelling, you know, some M-E-S-Q, mm-hmm. M-E-S-K. I see. You know, to say Meskwaki. Mm. And that just means Red Earth people. Red? Meshk is, it depends on how, how you use it. Meshk either means red or blood. Okay. You know, if I cut my finger and I say, oh, my blood is Meshk. Okay, that yeah. red. Okay, so it could be red or blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that word mesh, in this case, means red. Mesh, kwa red earth people. Mesh kwi, ak, is earth, mm-hmm. and the ki is people. Okay. When you say meshkwakia, your that ki makes it people, and when you say meshkwakia hug, that hug at the end humanizes the word. Okay. It 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 turns that meshkwakia red earth people. When you say meshkwakia hug. That hug humanizes that word, and it and it magically turns them real. Mm. We became real people when I, when our Creator created us out of red earth, men, women, children. So it's meskwakia. And that those clay people that he made, he said meskwakia hug. That hug magically turned us into flesh and blood. We became alive. Those clay people became real. And that's where we're from. Because of that little magic word, hug. Meshkwaki, hug. Meshkwaki is just red earth people. But in a certain times, when you say meshkwaki, hug, it turns it real. We, we took our breath. For the first time. For the first time, those original people took that breath because they were alive. They weren't clay anymore. And those first people that were created weren't born. The rest of us, after those people, when they started having kids, children, were the Meskwakis that are conceived, born, we live and we die. Mm-hmm. Those original people were created. They lived and they died, but they weren't born. Oh. They weren't conceived people. I see. They weren't conceived. The rest of us, their descendants, were the conceived people. I see. We're conceived. We're born, Good. and we and we die, just like we we sh- in a normal human existence. You know. The first ones were created. Mm-hmm. And they lived for a long time because they, w- they weren't, they were made. You know, 
They were pure. They were pure people. Pure clay, I guess. Since the rest of us, since then, we've been intermarrying with other people you know, for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but we're still Meskwakis. We remember we're Meskwakis. I remember the day we were created. I might not have been there. I might not have been the one that was created. But on that day, my soul was created. All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation just as much as I did. Um, I'm very happy... I'm very thankful that I got to have this conversation. I've always been intrigued about Native Americans. And, and you know, if you think about it, um, we are kind of Native Americans. Right. So we, we have spoke- ancestry that are Native to the Americas. Right. So. so which we spoke on it on the on the podcast because he said, you know, um people are coming from Africa and Asia and Europe and then I said Latin America and then he's like, well, Latin Americans, they're home. Mm-hmm. They are home. You know, it's just you know, there's migrations up, you know, mm-hmm. north and south, but we've always been home and I've always felt that way, you know, like I have Mayan blood. And I know that the Mayans are mostly, you know, known to be in Central America. Um, But I've always, I mean, just geographically speaking, I feel more native than anybody here that comes from, you know, that has European ancestors. And, um, And just having this conversation just reaffirmed that thought and that belief that, that, um... Well, I mean, that is the product of, of the awareness, I think, because you've always been aware that, and in fact, you know, I know that me growing up when I went to school, um, I never learned, oh, there's seven continents, you know, like, to me, that was not a thing, and, uh, you know, in my textbooks, it was five continents, America, you know, whatever else. But it was like America. No, there there was no like North and South mm-hmm. America. Right, right. So, right. Um, yeah, and I think I think a lot of people take issue with that. Like, hey, man, like we are Americans. Yeah, you know, we are technically Americans. Yeah, whether we're, you know, like we're not United <clears throat> States citizens, perhaps you know, but you know, uh, we are Americans. Yeah. So we live in the Americas. Our parents and our ancestors are in the Americas. We're just in Central America. Right. You know, uh, South America. I was born America. in North America. Right. But so you're North of, America. A lot of people will take issue with them. Be like, no. This you're is not Amer- North. You're not North American. You're Mexican. You're like South American. Or yeah. Like you're, people will take issue with that. And, you know, it's very simple geography. Yes. You know, I told a guy at my, at my work, not this work, but the, the previous job. Mm-hmm. I said, you know. Jesus was Asian and he was like what you know like no it's like yeah Jesus was Asian dude uh-huh. and 
and he was just like whatever and and I, I I I called up my manager. I was like, "Hey, man, come here!" Like, I just told him that Jesus is Asian. He takes issue with that, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, he's not Asian. He was, oh yeah, he was Asian. He's in the Asian continent. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think there was a little bit of the the word America. Somewhere down the line, it was like adapted and like almost like. Uh, owned by this country that um, America somehow just means United States. Right. Well, I mean it's it's because of the the name of the, the it's United States of America. Right. It was the the model of the uh, the you know the, the the democracy in the in the new world. Right. And so uh yeah, like they pretty much like it's not that they took ownership of it is is that it was the first country to have the name America. So people just said, you know, America, America, right. America. You know, without questioning, like, geography or anything else. Yeah. Like, hey, other places are America, too. Right. So, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't give a shit. I, yeah. I used to take issue with that because I was very dumb and, you know, probably... Yeah, I don't care. If but people say serves. America, like, I, I like, I, you know, I'm just used to it and, the, and I'm, I'm okay with it. It's not a big deal, but it serves well that everybody knows it, though, you know. Right. So well, I mean, it's less annoying when people know. Right. That's right. all. It, like, it doesn't yeah. really serve me if they know. I don't give a shit. It serves them. Uh, a little bit, you know, like, not not that it's, you know, but it's just less annoying. Right. If you know your geography, uh, trust me, you're less annoying to me. And <laughs> <laughs> that is all I care about. <laughs> like, that's all I give a shit about. <laughs> You're less annoying to me <clears throat> if you know geography. Uh, you don't need. You don't need. I don't need. I, I don't know geography that uh-huh. well, but uh-huh. I mean, I know basic stuff. Right. But we are natives. Natives, yeah. We are like, natives of this I, continent. Yeah, like I feel. I feel very connected to mm-hmm. to my yeah. native ancestry. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, obviously, like I, I was born in in Sonora, so like I have like uh, the 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 tribes there is the Yaqui tribe. Okay. Which they're also in like uh like Arizona. Okay. So, yeah. Huh, like, okay. Yeah. So like they, they say, "Oh, you, uh, it is the Sonora. You're from Sonora." And it's Yaki. Yaki. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean I'm not originally from there. You know, my family is originally from Saltillo. Uh-huh. And they all moved to Monterrey. Like my mo- on my mom's side. Yeah. Obviously my dad's like full Japanese. But um uh yeah it's uh i i still you know even even though like i don't know my exact ancestry i know that i have right and And it feels good to know that you have a lineage where you can point to right and and be like oh i come from the mayan i'm more aztec and and i'm glad that the miskwaki tribe which is very interesting um you know we talked about uh their sovereignty i mean they have their own police station uh-huh. they have their own uh-huh. uh court they have their uh um, tribal courts they have lawyers laws i mean they're pretty much they're they you know they they, they don't use uh misquaki money or anything that's part of the, the agreement with the united states that they have to use the same they have to currency. use the united states money they can't create their own army but like the police for like the state police or city police another city they can't just come into Meskwaki territory they have to be invited by yeah, the by right. the police to help 
Yeah. Generally. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Dude, and, like, um, they pretty much govern themselves for the, you know, for a good chunk mm. of the, of, you know, of the time. So, um, and they're very proud. And, and not, and, not that I know anything about it, but they're probably very good at self-governing. Right. Um, not, I don't, like, again, I don't know shit, you know, yeah. but. Self-government must be nice to have. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you, just, just because, you know, it, you see that sign, that sign means something. Like, yeah. You feel it. You feel that. And when you go, when you go past that sign, you're like, okay, I'm, there's really? some, yeah, dude, there's this eerie, like, not uh, eerie in a negative way, but there's just this, your energy changes because you're like, oh, okay. So like, it's like you're going, like, I'm in a different country now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, I didn't really feel it that way because there were a lot of... Because I've been to the Navajo Nation. Okay. So, it didn't really feel that way because there was a lot of tourism. Yeah. So, it didn't feel like, oh, shit, I'm stepping into something mm -hmm. else. No. Um, no, with the, like the, the reception But I wish is... it did, you know, just because they're like... It's an experience. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. It's beautiful. beautiful Maybe place. we should take a road trip and just like do it that way. Yeah, do all that. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you again to Mr. Jonathan Buffalo and the Meskwaki tribe. Um, I'm going to tag as much as links as I can to the to the podcast. If people want to check it out, go to the museum. Uh, so, anyways, episode 20. And coming soon to Spotify. Spotify. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful and exciting and thankful and educational thanksgiving an educational thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> man you fucking kill the vibes <laughs> for thanksgiving <laughs> have a fat thanksgiving people all right <laughs>